Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common go head-to-head to see which one does it better. And welcome to part two of this week's Clash. So on Monday, we went back to 1989 for our first helping of cop dog action in K9. And today, it's the turn of Turner and Hooch to see if their awkward buddy cop antics can win this Clash. And we can see which film is Doggy Don't and Doggy Do. That doesn't work. Also from 1989, it is, of course, Turner and Hooch. Scott Turner had finally found the girl of his dreams. Oh, God, a woman in my house. He finally had the perfect relationship. So you'll be staying another night. Oh, yes, of course! When something big happened to change it. Something called Hooch. Wait a while! No! You don't know much about dogs, do you? This is not my dog. Now he's being swept off his feet and dragged all over town. What are you doing to this dog? I'll just tame him for a All in the name of love. We'll have a winner at the end of the show, but which film will it be? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Potters. If you're hungry, finish the hamburgers. I'm Alex Zane. I'm Vicky Crumpton. I'm Chris Tilly. How are you both? Excellent. Very well. Excellent. Enjoyed K9 on Monday. Very yeah. excited to be talking about three months later, this came out, Turner and Hooch. Chris's choices. Remind us why. Just because Turner and Hooch is back and we, we haven't done twin movies in a while. No. Mm. No, and this is something we talked about. Mm. The reason for the show was that we were going to start with a lot of very obvious twinning movies. We talked about this. We talked about Dante's Peak and Volcano. And this is the first time we've actually really done it. What, in a while. What was the first? What was the one that we did that was a really solid, solid twin? Oh, I know. Armageddon and Deep Impact. That's a good one, yeah. Oh, uh, Free Jack and Labyrinth. <laughs> Shit in hell. Shit in hell. <laughs> what do you mean? They both feature musicians who are in the Dancing in the Street music video. Strange times. Strange times. Uh, right then, very quickly, if you haven't subscribed to us, if you'd be kind enough to do that on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast, it would be massively appreciated by the three of us. And if you are able to give us a little rating and review, we'd be very grateful for that too. And if you do give us a review, it will be read out on the show, probably, by Chris Tilly, a.k.a. Chris Thrilly, which sounds like this. This comes from Emily, who calls the show a joyous twice-weekly clash of opinions with bickering hilarity and occasional unanimous agreement. My only change would be this. Bring Simon into the studio. He sounds great. Oh, (laughs) a dog-related review on the dog week. Well, well picked. Well picked. He would be a fucking nightmare. He doesn't, he like, you know, you've seen dogs in pubs. We've all seen dogs in pubs which settle at their owner's feet Mm. and just sort of like, just chill there. That's what Jasper used to do. I'd love it, Jasper. I mean, Simon just comes into the pub and goes, 
so what happens now? And it's like, <laughs> what happens now is we sit and drink and you shut the fuck up. And he's like, yeah, no, I want to do something as well. What are you drinking? It's like, you don't drink, Simon. He's like, well, what, are you going to buy me some crisps? It's like, fine, I'll buy you some crisps. And then he's like, I finished the crisps. And it's that for three hours. <laughs> and then if I leave him at home, he goes mental at home because he's like, why have I been left at home? I want us to come to the pub. He's like, there's just no winning. Sorry, that review brought up a lot. Yeah, sorry, um, Emily. <laughs> I guess that ain't going to happen then. Uh, do you know, I had a really nice grey carpet on my stairs. You've seen my stairs. Nice mm -hmm. grey carpet. It is now missing the top four stairs of carpet <laughs> from me going to the pub and Simon going, cool, go to the pub. I mean, definitely <laughs> nothing will happen while you're there. Oh, shit. I accidentally ripped off another stair. He's doing them one at a time. So I can count on the stairs that no longer have carpet how many times I've been to the pub without him. This is already a better film than K9 and <laughs> Stair dog. Although it's weirdly similar to Beethoven, so. Oh, I love, I love Simon. I will bring him in one day. Um, I just worry that Vicky will kill him. <laughs> so, on Monday, Vicky had Jerry Lee for company. And today, we're all going to enjoy some hooch. Let me take you on a journey. Tom Hanks is Turner, a neat freak cop, working out his last day in the quiet town of Cypress Beach. But he's not a detective, he's an investigator, which this film is at pains to point out without ever explaining the difference between the two and wrongly assuming we all know how the ranking system of the US police force works. Anyway, shit all happens in Cypress Beach until Hanks' hermit mate Amos is murdered. Attempting to hide his glee at having a real crime to solve, Hanks finds himself partnered with the only witness to the murder, a dog called Hooch. At which point, the plot takes a vacation and we spend pretty much the entire midsection watching Turner's perfectly organised life turned upside down, which isn't as entertaining as everyone seems to think. <laughs> Eventually, the plot wakes up and realises something really should happen, like a twist in who the real villain is. And then, oh, I know, killing the dog? What? How is this that kind of movie? This isn't that kind of movie. What are you doing, plot? Go back to sleep and let's have Hooch survive. You're an idiot, plot. I hate you. Ladies and gentlemen, for your consideration, Turner and Hooch. Very good. <laughs> so it's going to be an interesting conversation about this movie. History's with it, first of all, though, Chris. I gave you mine on Monday. Yeah. I mean, similar to you, like we, I think we both said, we kind of watched them back to back. Uh, I, but I watched K9 on video, Turner and Hooch in the cinema. That's right. your lot. That's fine. I'm and I like K9 better at the time. Yeah, you did. I remember that. Because I, 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 I'm I, just going to join in. I like K9 better at the time as well. K9 was the best film at the time. Great. In my opinion. But here we are with Turner and Hooch, which I remember exactly two scenes from. The montage at the start where Tom Hanks flosses his teeth. Mm. And this is the teenage me when I before I rewatched it. And the only other thing I remembered is how funny the dog looks running in slow motion. Yeah. And <laughs> that's, that's the it. only bit I remembered. Yep. I've seen it once on VHS. Never watched it again. I was probably about 10. Okay. Right, that'll do us then. Do you want to know a bit about the film? Yeah. Mm. There's really fuck all. Um, there's yeah, but there's one surprising thing I that know. was like, wow. I couldn't believe it, yeah. <laughs> what, I've is got it? That. what is it? What is it? Yeah, I've got it. I've got oh, it. Do you not know? No. It's good. <laughs> it's so it's sad. It's weird mm. is what it is. If we're talking about the same thing. So mm. Tom Hanks is the loveliest guy, TM. Yeah. He fell out with the original director of this movie in a big way to the point that Tom Hanks had the original director of this movie kind of fired. Wow. And that original... 13 days into mm. the shoot. Oh, heck. So they'd done two weeks. Now, think of someone who you, you, you go, well, Tom Hanks is lovely. I mean, who else is lovely in Hollywood? Who else could you not imagine the loveliest man, TM, in Hollywood... Yeah, at the time. ...ever having a, an issue with? Um, Richard Attenborough. Close. I can no. I can you. give a clue here because also I was thinking well, maybe this is why it happened. So this uh, director was an actor, is an actor, and Tom Hanks when he was very young appeared on this bloke's sitcom and fought him. Tom Hanks played a. Have you ever seen this scene? Tom Hanks plays a karate playing guy hmm. and he fights that character. And why do you think that a fake fight in a TV sitcom would lead to him firing him years later? Something kicked off that day. So, yeah, this is one of the biggest sitcoms of the 1970s mm. in America. Okay. Mm. Set in the 1950s. Monday, Happy Tuesday. Days. Right. Oh, my God. No way. Yes. No, not him. The not other one. Not Ron Howard. No. What? <laughs> What's going on? It was the Fonz, Henry Winkler. No. 
Yes. Lovely man. No. Yeah, so I've got a few quotes mm. about this. Uh, this was uh, in 2019, I think, was the first time Henry Winkler actually addressed it. A caller called in on the Andy Cohen show, and Henry Winkler actually says, I was direct- directing that movie for 13 days, and then I was called into producer Jeff Katzenberg's office, and he said, do you have everything with you? Go home. Wow. And Winkler says, when they sort of went, so what happened? And he followed that up with, I got along, I got along great, great with that dog. Mm. And he sort of followed that up with, I love the dog. And I got on with Hooch, not Turner. And that was the story. And Ron Howard, because a lot of people were like, is this a, is this some sort of weird matey inside joke yeah. that they're doing? Is it a fake feud? But Ron Howard said it was disappointing. This is in 2020 in a Guardian interview. It was disappointing. I'm friends with both of them and both felt compelled to come to me to talk about it. It was just one of those unfortunate things where they really had a working style that did not fit. I know it was painful for both of them and I was able to lend an ear, if not offer any solutions. (laughs) So, yeah, Henry Winkler, the Fonz and Tom Hanks did not get on. And last year he denied it. Not denied it, but he said, uh, I don't have a feud with Tom Hanks. What everyone says and what is true are two different things. They're obviously friends now or friendly because this was a long time ago. But it's just strange Mm. and kind of sad. I don't want anyone to hurt the Fonz's feelings. No. Yeah. Love the Fon. I wonder what, to be a fly on the wall on those 13 days though, Mm. just to see Tom Hanks go, no, I'm I'm nice. No, no. Get off the fucking set! (laughs) (laughs) I literally just won. Uh, No, I've been nominated for an Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, yeah, 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 and yeah. Uh, but on the subject of uh, them getting on now, Ron, Ron Howard does say, oh, they've both been invited to my birthday parties. It's been a lot of years, two men with a lot of water under the bridge. So maybe they are friends now. But stepping into the Fonz's shoes, Roger Spottiswood um, directed Turner and Hooch. Had a bit of a run at this period, Turner and Hooch. All those movies that you sort of go, oh, okay, mm. I remember that. Turner and Hooch, Air America. Stop or my mum will shoot. Yeah. Tomorrow never dies, the sixth day. Um, I actually met him in 2016 because mm-hmm. uh, he directed a street cat named Bob. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you in that? <laughs> no. <laughs> why would, of all the things I've done at premieres, which is tend to tend to be hosting them, why would you assume that at this one I was like, no, I'm actually in this? <laughs> now and then I'll find out that you're in some weird film. <laughs> we did that, find out something the other week. The other never, day, yeah. drinking some horror film. And I was like, when did that happen? Um, cannibals and Carpet Fitters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I was actually in a street getting involved. I played the street. Uh, <laughs> so uh, talking, as we were on Monday, about crazy amounts of money uh, mm. for a screenplay. The screenplay for this uh, was sold, and I've made a real error here and just written down his surname. So he's not Madonna, but something Chirac negotiated one million dollars for this script in the 1980 odd 1980s that makes me feel physically sick one million dollars it was the highest paid ever for a screenplay by touchstone pictures at the time had they not seen fucking canine probably not at this point but you are aware in hollywood of other scripts floating around yeah maybe it was because they'd gone they've got a canine movie we need something like that they paid what 750 was it yeah uh so let's 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 go to a million yeah I mean, I suppose if you think the people love dogs, aren't they? So even if they go and see one, they'll go and see the other. So you're not going to lose your shirt. So why not? Mm. Who knows? But did he get a screenplay credit? I see he's got a story credit. I think he did. He, I checked earlier. He got a screenplay credit. There's about six. Oh yeah, writers. there's a lot, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, yeah. Because the one that stuck, jumped out to me was the Beverly Hills Cop writer, Daniel Petrie. Yeah. If it had been him that had sold that story, I would, I would get it more. Yeah. Because I think, oh, we're getting more of that. Yeah. But this bloke did like a Clint Eastwood western. It's quite yeah. strange. But it quotes him as sorting out the deal, not mm. uh, yeah, yeah, not Daniel Petrie. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you mentioned this on Monday. It's nuts that you've got a Beverly Hills Cop writer on this, and yet of the two movies, mm. we covered the Beverly Hills Cop version mm. on Monday. This is a very, very different beast. No pun intended. Um, Big hit, $71 million on a $13 million budget. Television series, which Chris talked about, is out now on Disney+. Plus. I haven't seen it. Chris has. He says it's all right. Mm, I'll tell you who's in it is Reginald Vell Johnson. Oh, is he? Popped up in it. Yeah, which oh, was quite nice. sweet. Yeah. In the same role? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because the char- the main character played by Josh Peck is it is is Tom Hanks' son, supposedly. Right. Tom Hanks, it's a weird setup. Tom Hanks, just before he dies, goes to a shelter gets a dog that looks like Hooch and names the dog Hooch right. and then dies and gives the dog to his son. 
And it's like, why would you want a dog that looks like your dead ex-dog and then name it the same as your ex-dead dog? Yeah. The weird thing is, Chris told me this whole setup uh, at your birthday. Right. And I remember him saying that. And I went, oh, my God, so Tom Hanks is in it in a cameo. He went, nope. So all of that happens off screen as well, <laughs> which is nuts. I'll give you the name of the, very quickly, just the titles of the episodes. Uh, Diamonds Are Forever. Fur. Uh, in the Line of Fur. <laughs> in the Line of Fur? Oh, in the Line of Fire. Oh, right. <laughs> I'm thinking duty. Sorry. And the one that disturbed me, there is, an, there is a whole episode that spoofs Die Hard where he ends up in a hotel in a vest and no shoes on, stopping terrorists, and that's called Good Day to Dog Hard. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might... I, think, I don't think that... It's gone over to that country, that <laughs> phrase dogging. So <laughs> uh, even if it even if it you take that out of the equation, the whole, what, still doesn't make any sense. Some the, the problem I have with stuff like that is when there has been an, an exchange of money to someone <laughs> to come up with that title. It's not even the worst one. I wasn't going to say this one, but one of them's called Road to Smell Dorado. Okay, just I mean that's I don't, don't mind that. That's all right. I'm not. I'm not. It's just like to flip out, die, and go dog. It's like. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Hollywood, man. Right then, shall we go through this film unless there's any more for any more? Nah. That's it. That's all I had. Uh, right. First section, meet Turner. So we meet Tom Hanks as Turner, a neat freak. I told you that this is the setup I remembered as a kid. And I do think it's really good. I think it's a really efficient way of setting Tom Hanks up very quickly in the fact that he flosses. A um, lot. A lot, a lot. A lot of floss. Uses a saucer with tea. Uh he cleans the entire fridge when he spills something. Mm. I've cleaned my fridge once, I think, in about five years. Do you yeah. clean your fridge? <laughs> no. You know the bit where the salad drawer is, mm. and that gets quite disgusting. Mm. I occasionally wipe that, mm. and then I think, that fridge looks so clean, yeah. and that's all I ever do. Salad drawer is the only thing I clean. Cause... But not the inside of it. I don't take the food out of it, mm. ever. So I just wipe. Oh. Just wipe it. <laughs> no, I have to, because I do that thing where I'm like, oh, man, I'm going to eat healthy this week. going to get me some kale. going to mm-hmm. get me some spinach. And then go put it all in, lettuce mm. and stuff. And then like... Just watch it. Rot. <laughs> yeah. It just rots. Just sinks down. Uh, and then I'm like, you know, you go to pick up a cucumber. You're like, what the hell is this what slime? What is this slime? <laughs> That's disgusting. So yeah, I will, I will clean a salad drawer. So we, uh, it has a great payoff as well, this whole gag at the end, that he does the whole thing before he goes to bed. Mm. Yes. What a payoff. It's great. Is that, He's ill. Yeah. He's ill. Yeah, he never yeah. really says that though. He think he he's. I think he uses the word compulsive once, but he, mm. ne- he never talks about it as being a med- medical condition. No, he well doesn't he never says I feel that this will happen unless I do this, which yeah. is in the mix there, isn't it? Yeah, but he is. Uh, he just likes what he likes. So I'm going to be com- because the film does. I'm just going to refer to him as a neat freak. Yeah, sure. That's what this. I've got written down. Yeah, excellent. So it's good that it does all this work setting up Turner's character because that is his only trait. He has nothing else in this movie. He kind of has this idea that he's a bit bored in the small town and wants some excitement. It's not really explored that much. Mm. So really his one thing and every conversation he has and every action he chooses to do is based around the fact that he's quite neat. Yeah, Mm. quite neat. Um, We meet his replacement very quickly. You just mentioned him, Reginald Val Johnson uh, as Sutton because... Turner is leaving his job as an investigator, <laughs> which he points out. Reginald Vell Johnson, Sutton, goes, yeah, I'm a detective. And he goes, well, he's an investigator. Yeah. Because what is that? I, I know, know you are right in your introduction. Like the When the sheriffs turn up and they're the baddies, mm-hmm. or the guys from the sheriff's office, it's like, it is a shame we do not understand the inner workings of the ranking system because I think <laughs> that would help at this point. Because we're like, what? And also, they've got this sort of one-upmanship and it's like, you want to investigate this thing to what? To, is that not a bit disrespectful? Like, let the actual police officer, if that's what he even is, like, let the but, police do it. And that's it. You don't know. You're like, he's sort of, he's got a badge and he's sort of like, have you ever investigated a crime scene before? He's yeah. Like, so like, I just, I, it's an added layer of confusion that makes yeah. you go. Um, Although they do get credits, the writers, for I do love it when the real theme of the film is on page three, but you don't really notice it. So David Sutton says to him, when are you going to learn to relax? And that's what the film's about. It's not about sea drugs or mm. fish money or whatever yeah. it is. Fish money, yeah. Well, ice, he, ice money. Ice money, yeah. He basically, well, I mean... Fish ice. I mean, you know, we talked about it on Monday with K9, so police work in that. You know, he finds uh, the slip in the glove box of the car and that takes him to the car dealership where the drugs are. Can you tell me how Tom Hanks works out that the money is in ice? Plastic bags? Mm. No. No? Doesn't work. 
There is no, there's no explanation in the film for how he goes, and I know how you're transporting it. Smash, smash, smash. Ice goes everywhere. Not in it. No. So K-9, actually, better written film at this point. Mm. But yeah, you're right. Reginald Val Johnson does say um, he needs to relax, but he specifically says how. How does he need to relax? Can't remember. Get laid. Get laid, yeah. Oh, does he? That is his, yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, and he does though. Okay, sounds cool. Oh, great. But that is his mission for the movie. The, the, like you say, the statement is set out yeah. in that conversation. Tom Hanks has to get laid. Yes. Mm. And he does. And he does, yeah. Uh, so we've met Turner. Let's meet Hooch. Great intro for Hooch. I hate this dog. Sorry, can I just admit that now? I'm terrified I mean, no of one's going to be that surprised, Vicky. Really? Sometimes you don't even have to vocalise it. People really? will just know you're going to hate the animal. But I like Jimmy Lee. You did like Jerry Lee. I do like Jerry Lee. Kept getting his name wrong. And I like yeah, I like Simon a bit. Do you? And a little bit. Wow. He's bigger than he should be, right. frankly. But I mean, he's... Not he's, like big for his boots, not like confident. He's just he like a big well. dog. He's he's both those things. Yeah. But he's a big whippet. He's the biggest whippet I've ever seen. Yeah, I think you may have been mis- missold. <laughs> they, they, gave me, they gave me some documentation that I have I have pinned to my wall because I'm that guy which says this is, this is his history, his breeding yeah. history. The Kennel Club have authorised him. I'm like, mm. someone somewhere, brown paper bag in it. It's... Uh, <laughs> It is not a whippet. <laughs> it's just a giant. Because I just can't have the same conversation with everyone when they're like, oh, I'm like, that's that a whippet, is it? Because yeah. he like whippets play together. So I'll meet people and they're like, I'm like, oh, I love your whippet. Yeah, Simon's a whippet too. And they're like, I mean, what? <laughs> Keep that dog away from mine. <laughs> that's a shame for you. So Simon the whippet can't play with you, the whippet. He can play with them. It's just he's sort of like. I feel the, bad now. He's the big kid who like yeah. just doesn't, doesn't know, know his, his own, own strength. strength. Like, he's like you. He's weirdly oversized. He's like Lenny of Mice and Men. <laughs> just thinking that. <laughs> oh. But anyway, this dog, I, I just can't. The There's too much spit. And the spit, even if I'm not like revolted by it, the, the the repetition of that joke is too much, but it's just the face of a dog I could never learn to love ever, mm. principally because of the spit, but also because it looks like a murderous beast, mm. but I just can't get with that dog. And even though it drinks beer, which is really funny mm. and cute and, and whatever. And whiskey. And whiskey. Mm. I'm, it's a scary, mean, dirty looking dog. Poor Beasley. <laughs> I yep. know. Poor Beasley. He had a better life after the movie than yeah. uh, poor Jerry Lee did, Rando. Um, but <laughs> well, this is the weird thing. You read around it and they, they claim that he was a puppy when he made this film. What? Mm. That's terrifying. It That's was. true. So he's a French Mastiff, uh, a.k.a. a dog de Bordeaux. Right. I want to sound fancy. Uh, which if is you want to sound French? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the French always sound fancy. A dog of Bordeaux. <laughs> a dog of Bordeaux, yeah. Okay. But if you say duh. It's, yeah, yeah, that changes everything. You do sound educated when you do that. I mean, I will quickly mention, we were talking about Henry Winkler earlier, which feels like a fitting moment. There is a moment early on when they're in the car and um, Sutton, Val Johnson, is eating a muffin. And it's the moment that I think this movie jumps the shark, which is where Tom Hanks uses the dustbuster on him. Oh, a little bit, yeah. I, I was just like, it takes you out of the movie because it's like no one would do that. Not even, like, I understand he's a neat freak. Yeah. But that's played for a laugh. That's played for a gag in a movie that isn't at that point really sort of funny. <laughs> he's going for a more let's call it a naturalistic sure. approach to comedy. Fair enough. So uh, Hooch is running in slow motion. Done. Why are they playing the two thousand and one music? I thought you could tell me. No. It makes no sense. The Jaws thing does make sense. It does play the Jaws music here? But you could play it here. Yeah, <laughs> that you would know, work. because that's yeah. what I had that written. It's Something like, is coming to get you. Two thousand and one. Like, that's not what. 2001 I honestly thought you is. were going to say, "Oh, well, actually, the music was originally written for something, but then was no. shelved in favour of this." No, no. space music. It's space the, music. It's the muffin flying through the air as someone's gone. Oh, but if you do it in slow motion, it looked like a spaceship. Maybe mm. that's it. Is that oh, it? Yeah. yeah is that that's it? that's the only connection. Yeah, it, yeah. They fo- focus on the muffin. It's like wow okay. yeah yeah circular spaceships in 2001 but yeah it doesn't there's better music they could have done here or yeah. just some you know rocky punky song of this yep. dog coming to bite his neck or the, a spaghetti western or bad to, bad to the bone no 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 <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. job done <laughs> yeah that would work it would work better there in this than it does at the start of terminator 2 so yeah i'm up for that talk about a missed opportunity we meet Amos and he starts talking to Turner about the uh, seafood factory. Mm-hmm. And he, he goes, he goes, uh, there's something going on over there. With the ice. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you see, now that would be great. <laughs> Fucking set it up, pay it off. 
but he doesn't. Go, go, go check out the ice. Yeah. I've seen the medicine with that ice. The ice, yeah. you say. Yeah. Definitely the ice. Some, something in the ice. Not the yeah. fish tank, not the fish They're tank. They're freezing things they shouldn't be freezing over there. You need to crack open the ice. That, that ice sure does look like money. <laughs> <laughs> looks like yeah. looks like yeah. money ice. <laughs> they're putting putting dollars into buckets and they're putting buckets into freezers and the water's becoming ice. I think you should check it out. <laughs> I hate to wipe my eyes with my mouth. Uh, sadly, none of that happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, nor does he go, there's something fishy going on over there. Oh, that's Which true. would be great because then Tom Hanks could have a funny line where he goes, well, yeah, Amos. Exactly. But none of that. He just says something's going on over there. Uh, some money is found by some kids in sort of an uh, unnecessary scene. Yeah. Do, they, do they get the money in the end? <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's just left there hanging, isn't it? I assume okay. they do. Okay. Where's the payoff? You know what one of those kids has said? <laughs> we found this money in a block of ice. <laughs> Someone. <laughs> 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 it was uh, it was just melting on the beach. There. It was frozen, but we smashed open. We smashed open the ice to reveal. Yeah, I bet this there's money. more. And then I found this coin in ice cube. <laughs> uh, so uh, missed opportunity there as well. Uh, Amos gets killed, um, mm. and we realise the guy who runs the seafood plant, Boyette, is a villain, and he has his hitman kill Amos, and his hitman is called Zach Gregory. <laughs> Which is it's really funny and I don't know why I, well, it's the, I, at what point do you go need, it, when need it, a name for off. a murderer an actual murderer <laughs> can't use lie man that's been taken Zach, bad man Zach bad man <laughs> it sounds like it, honestly it's like it sounds like he runs a health and fitness podcast it's, it's like the- hi I'm Zach Gregory welcome to health and fitness for men uh, it's like fucking unbelievable it's brilliant uh, anyway we do get the uh, effective scene of Hooch smashing through a window. That's quite cool. Mm. Yeah. Can um, dogs do that? <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't know what to think at that point. Like, You've got it's to a big dog. disbelief a okay. little bit, I uh, think. And then I sort of wanted to be more affected by him howling over Amos's body. I sort of wasn't. I don't feel I know knew Amos enough. He didn't give us any clues about the ice. Yeah. He so <laughs> wasn't helpful. Um, but we've got an actual crime and Turner wants to investigate it before he leaves and they're given a week by their chief, Chief Hyde, played by Craig T. Nelson, famous for, I didn't know this. Oh, I, I know his face. Voicing Mr. Incredible in The Incredibles. No. Yeah, that's Mr. Incredible. Really? That's the chief. Yeah, I quite fancy Mr. Incredible. I do too. Wait, that's the, weird, isn't it? The cartoon or the actor who plays him, Craig T. Nelson? The cartoon, which is weirder. That is weirder, yeah. Do you not, do you not agree? I can't actually argue with you because the Cadbury's Caramel Bunny was a real, real thing for me. Yeah, it's really weird. When I, I do, yeah. I realise it's a cartoon rabbit, but, no, you I didn't know. Okay for you. <laughs> There's no judgement in this room. No. But why is it about Mr. Incredible? It's when he shapes up. <laughs> you love a makeover montage <laughs> that much. But if... I just like finding a man, you know, regaining his power. Um, which is what I like. We are talking about the same thing, aren't we? <laughs> we are. I think so. The dad in The Incredibles. Yeah, the, the cartoon The Incredibles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's washed up mm. and then he gets the job, he gets the assignment and then he regains his strength and power, mm. finds purpose in the world again. Yeah. I like what I like. What, you, know, you know I like a broken man. I've told you that before. Mm. And I like it when they get fixed. And you like the journey he goes on or uh-huh. physically what he looks like at the end of it. Both. Right. <laughs> I've always thought if I ever started talking about the Cadbury's Caramel Bunny, mine would be the weirdest thing in the room. <laughs> always thought that. At least Mr. Incredible is a man. <laughs> yeah. What in your imagination? What are you doing with that rabbit? <gasps> Not again. <laughs> Not again. Save it for the live show. Interspecies sex is no longer allowed to be discussed in this room. Consider this. Uh, this is this is a warm up for September the fourth. <laughs> We're just finding finding the level, finding the line, and walking up to it. And then on September the fourth, we'll be walking right over the fucker. Right then. Um, so he's got a week to fix this, which is a sort of ticking clock, but then really. isn't because it's never referenced because, again. No, it's not so much that. Well, you know, sorry, you are right, but. The stakes are the wrong way around because he's already got his job. He's already out of there. Mm. So it's not like if you don't solve this, you don't get that new job. It's you're already out of here. So then it becomes this like, I want to prove myself, but you don't need to prove yourself because you've got another job. So what is the point of you taking this murder on? I just thought it was like he felt like 
Amos was his friend, so it, he, it was his last thing to do before he has to leave town for this That's other job. That's a good job. thought. It just doesn't feel like that, I don't think. In the in the movie itself, it feels like he wants it because he wants to prove he's a good investigator. Yeah, and he doesn't look upset enough when he's standing over uh, poor Amos for that to be like an emotional beat. Yeah. Um, he looks a little bit like, <laughs> murder. Um, and this uh, is pretty much uh, the last time we'll deal with the plot <laughs> for about 45, holy shit, 45 minutes. The plot now just, it goes MIA. And the film goes, right, so you know this bit we've just got you invested in? Oh, who killed Amos? What's going on the seafood plan? All of this. You're like, hey, yeah, I want to know more information. If you could maybe drip feed it to me, like a film would do <laughs> over the next sort of 40 minutes, I'd be grateful as a viewer. It doesn't do that. It goes, right, isn't it funny watching Tom Hanks like try and get a dog in a car for three minutes? Yeah. Um, and you're like, right, yeah. But what canine does well is it, it balances this funny relationship between man and beast with... Little bits, and I know it's not the best plotted movie in the world, but it does balance the two. So the case is ongoing. Mm. This puts it to one side, and I kid you, I kid you not, for forty-five minutes. You're right. Yeah. I think it's an insane decision, and I think a lot rides on Tom Hanks's relationship with the dog. And I think a lot of it. I mean, you know, to echo what you say, Vicky, I think that Jerry Lee's a much funnier dog, and it's a much more pretty dog, and it's kind of more difficult to love Hooch unless you're into French mastiffs. Yeah. Dog of Bordeaux. Um, <laughs> and so I just find the Pratt Falls and the, the bickering, it's just, it doesn't work for me Yeah, as well. What about the bit where, so it's structurally, this just to be a script geek for a second, Tom Hanks does the scene where he's going to wash the dog, but that's after Jerry, Jerry Lee, for fuck's sake, the dog has wrecked his house and it should be the other way around. It should wreck his house because he tried to wash him and it's like an act of revenge. Yeah. And then you... Like ripping out a car radio. Yes, right. yeah. I did. I thought the scene where Hooch destroys his house, I thought it was effective. I found it very stressful. Yeah, it's sort of interesting. Like, you sort of have to remember that, like you mentioned this, the Tom Hanks career trajectory at this point, because he'd done Big, uh, which was just the year before this, but he'd also then done Punchline, The Burbs, which wasn't as well received, then Turner and Hooch. Mm. And there was the Bonfire of the Vanities and Jovis the Volcano still to come. So we're, we're still a good couple of years off Sleepless in Seattle yeah. and big league proper like, holy shit, yeah. here's the greatest actor on the planet. Welcome. Yeah. So uh, he was still sort of, I think, finding his feet a bit with what he did really well and arguing with a dog, I'd say, isn't as in his wheelhouse as a lot of his other <laughs> skill sets, in my opinion. So, yeah, we get the meet cute uh, between uh, Dr. Carson, played by Mayor Winningham, the vet, uh, as he's dragged through the dog flap. Yep. We don't get a reach around yet. Not yet, but there's a there's one hell coming. of a one coming up. I yeah, can't wait till we get there. I think they actually, they, they do a rule of three reach around situation because yeah. there's two moments where you're like, oh, of course it's, oh, it's not. Mm -hmm. Builds the tension for that reach around. Yeah. As it it's should. a proper reach around this time. No messing. And so, yeah, uh, we've got Hank's. Uh, dealing with the dog, like canine, he runs around in his underwear. Except that in canine, Jim Belushi wears boxers to bed. I get that. I dig that. I've done that. I wear pyjamas now because I'm a slightly older man and I like some soft pyjamas on me. But I would never sleep in briefs this tight. No, you'd get an infection of some description, it's wouldn't you? It's such a strange decision. I didn't know if, it, like, because these movies came out at the same time, so it's clearly not. All men in America slept in very, very tight briefs at yeah. this point. So this is... This you is, want to be free and at some... You do. Yeah. We see a lot more of Tom Hanks than I'm necessarily comfortable I with I totally agree film. with you. You can see a bulge, so he's leaning forward bum to camera shouting at the dog and then mm. you don't even need to look that closely and it's like I can see the imprint of your testicles I guess I wasn't exactly talking about them specifically right, he's just okay. he's topless and trouserless for lots of scenes in the movie and yeah. all that Hank's flesh I don't know why I'm not that comfortable with it but okay. it's a bit overbearing I think that's because you just I think yeah I see what you mean he feels like my dad and that's the problem it's what we see Tom Hanks as because I think you know because in Castaway you don't mind it and he hasn't, he's hardly got any clothes mm. on there. But mm. then he's older then, and so he sort of more inhabits the, the 
you know, and also, he's not old enough to be your dad. He but... doesn't have any clothes because he's a castaway. True, it's very not true. through choice. Yeah. In this, he's going, give me those tight briefs. I'll just read you a, a little excerpt from kidshealth.org. Uh, too much heat can lower your sperm count, but not enough to act as a form of birth control. So tight clothing and underwear that keep testicles closer to the body heat might, in theory, affect sperm count. Yeah. Mm. So it is actually unhealthy. Thing. Mm. Yeah. This, stuff, this stuff we all know. Yeah, no, I just I, I just felt, you know, we say a lot on this show, I felt it was sort of almost essential to have an official... Kids help. Is that advice for kids? <laughs> it was the first thing that came up on <laughs> <Yeah>. Google. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that came up on Google. Uh, we'll leave kids' health behind. Weird Good. sentence after the break. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hooch drinks beer, mm, and yeah. it's very clearly Miller. Is that a good advert for that product or a bad advert for that product? Good question. In what way? Well, because Chris is saying... This is the dog this for is, beer. <laughs> this is the beer for dogs, even. This beer is so gross or insipid or whatever that a dog could drink it, rather than it's so delicious a mm. human would like to drink but it. But Hooch is kind of our hero. He's a badass. Yeah. Sure, no, it, it's, 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 it's obviously product placement. I just couldn't figure out if it was good. If you think that's positive, if that made you want to go out and have a, a glass of Miller mm. <laughs> or a bowl of it... I just, I, 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 is it a wonder that Miller never made it over here in a big way? No, it's not because it tastes like piss water. <laughs> it <really does. laughs> it's, it's the worst beer. Yeah. It's my brother-in-law's favourite beer. Is it really? I told you that before because I can't get over it. Yeah, uh, prove me wrong, uh, Miller. We love a sponsor. <laughs> yeah. Having said what I just said, <laughs> send us six cases and we'll let you know. Mm. Uh, I like the dog flap. Uh, that he goes to at the vets, by the way. I really want a dog flap, but security. Like, if you've got a dog, I don't understand mm. how people have dog flaps. Because they have a, like, a, I've got a cat flap mm. and it's got the magnet in it and only only my cat can get through it. But that's a so cat I, flap. Yeah. That's for cats. That's if, <laughs> if my dog went outside wearing its magnet collar and yeah. a burglar was in the garden, it'd oh, go, I see. can I grab that collar for a I moment? <laughs> and just crawl back through the dog flap. Sorry, Simon, can I just borrow that? Thank you. Or just yeah. grab onto his tail. Yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> Like, not ask permission, but like when he's going through, just riding him through. <laughs> yeah, it, it would be so useful because he wakes, uh, not me, but Nettie up every night to go for a wee in the middle of the night because he drinks a pint of water before bed on Why? purpose. Why does he only wake Nettie up? Because I wear wax earplugs. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, I, I literally, I, I'm so enclosed in a little bubble. But then it's her own fault. It's, it sounds bad. It's her own fault. At night... She will. She got into this habit where she left a pint of water on the floor and he started drinking it mm. next to the bed that was meant for her. And now, if he doesn't get his pint of water next to the bed, <laughs> so she gives him water. And so I'm like, yeah. He's a monster. If Caesar Milan came round to our house, he'd be like, what the fuck are you people doing? <laughs> 
Right then. So uh, Hooch gets pissed and trashes the place. Uh, very funny. Um, it's a good scene that K9 doesn't do, which Tom Hanks does very well, which any dog owner will know when he's at the supermarket. <laughs> it rung, rings up on the checkout for about $100 on dog food. And he's like, this is for a dog. I'm not going to eat this. Unbelievable how much dog food costs. Um so the murder plot at this stage is still missing in action. Uh, instead, uh, we get our first potential reach around moment. Is it the paint? Or is it's it... the painting moment, yeah. yeah. It's really good. I love the I think these two are super cute, by the way. Like I think I know the plot has gone missing, but I think these two make up for it a bit for me because I know, but I just did I thought it was I thought it's hokey as all hell. Mm. But because it's Tom Hanks and because she's so good also, absolutely fine. Like I'm into it. Apart from the bit where They've done the painting and they're on the step and they're a bit like, oh, you're going to go, you're not going to go. And he's like, you've got paint all over you. And she really doesn't. <laughs> she really doesn't. Like, she should be covered in paint so he can reach forward mm. and brush the paint off her. She's spotless. Mm. It makes no sense. Yeah. What did you think about the bit uh, where he says, I usually arrest guys my age for hanging around the Dairy Queen? We get a pedo joke. We get a pedo joke. But also, I had this weird moment where later on, between the two of them, they're on the beach. And she I can't remember, but she says something, I've been thinking about you. And he's like, oh, he says, I've been thinking about you or whatever. And she's like, oh, how far did you get? And he's, she says something like, oh, top button of your blouse, right? Mm. And then she says to him, well, you're going to have to try harder than that and use your imagination. And he goes, oh, well, that might be illegal. It's like, what? <laughs> what? Like, we were just doing a little bit of cheeky, like, you should imagine full sex. But instead, why is it illegal? Well, why is that not part of a brilliant plot where the thought police exist in <laughs> Cyprus Beach and manage people's erotic thoughts? I take any plot right now. Any plot. I just, it doesn't fit for his character. He's this, like, nice dude. He's like, I did actually, right, with permission, I did think it through fully and I got past your blouse and then into illegality. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to know what that was. I imaginarily called your father and said, <laughs> is this allowed? It's, again, though, we just get uh, Hank's hammering home the same character trait that he's been given. He can't be with her because he's selfish. He's a selfish, compulsive bastard. Yeah. And you're like, I. Yeah. It feels that you should get over that. And, you know, anyway, uh, the plot is still missing in action at this point until 55 minutes in, it comes back to tell us a twist so obviously that it ruins it for the end of the movie when the police chief goes, well, Boyette is my best friend, so <laughs> I'll definitely speak to him about this. In fact, I'll, I'll let him know you guys are coming down to his factory to do a search. And you're like, Oh, that's ruined that bit. <laughs> Did you think that was obvious or is it just me? Uh, yeah, partly because you kind of, uh, by the end of the 80s, you expect the police chief to potentially be in on it, mm. especially if he's played by someone like Craig T. Nelson. Yeah. Who's kind of recognisable, kind of makes a good villain. And yeah, I mean, I, th I mean, yes, he's clearly playing the villain. That's what I wrote down at that point. But also he's got that weird thing where Hooch recognises the murderer Taking photographs at a wedding, yeah, opposite the police station. <laughs> it's like what yeah. you can't do that. And it, I guess it's a small town, so the one wedding they have every year will be full of all the criminals, maybe. But it's but it's, it's so just... weird because they because they haven't spent any time on the plot. Either Tom Hanks or Reginald Val Johnson says to the dog, "Well, you've just identified the murderer." And it's like you've run after someone. It could be it could be a number of things. Like you need a little bit of a token, like you retrieve the red sweater or whatever mm. that ties this person to this crime scene. And why is a cold-blooded killer also a wedding photographer? Because <laughs> <laughs> he's Zach Gregory, wedding photographer. <laughs> Zach Gregory. And paid hitman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Zach Gregory. Uh, so we get probably one of the most boring car chases in cinema history. Um, again, K9 does its car chases a lot better. Turner and Carson spend the night together. Turner's changing. He's changing. He drinks from the orange carton, yeah. so we know he's changing. Oh, good spot. Clever, yeah. clever. And what else do we get here? You get this is how you make an omelette, <laughs> which is my favourite. Top top one reach around. It's unreal. It's so good. Why do you love it so much? Because it's so explicit. Because I do love them when they're sneaky. Because it's eggs. No, I mean, because there's food at the end of it, yeah. Right. Rather than you have to pretend to want to play pool or whatever when you're like fishing for a reach around in real life. <laughs> Which I have 100% done. I don't know how to play pool. Help, help. I don't know how to load a gun. Help me. 
Oh, blooming it. Did you, when you were 15, did you just hang around pool halls? <laughs> crying. I did a bit. What oh, no, I'm doing? Gun rangers. <laughs> hey, boys. How do you load that weapon? <laughs> High heels and a miniskirt at a gun range. <laughs> so, yeah, A, there's going to be an omelette at the end of it, but it isn't pretending to be something else. And she buttons it by doing a little sexy wiggle. And I was oh, like, she that's does. very steamy. I will this. say, that's yes. very true. This is, uh, 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 considering we talked about K9 and the start being a little bit sultry yeah. and you're like, oh, this is... Uh, it's actually sexy. This is a very, like, the way they are together and yeah. her backing into him as she's whisking the eggs, you're like, oh, hello. <laughs> Things got a bit se- a bit too fucking sexy, <laughs> too sexy for a family film. I agree with and you. And for Tom Hanks. <laughs> I, don't, yeah. I don't want him being too sexy. I don't need that. It's like like you said, it's like watching your dad mm. like whisking an omelette with a stranger. I feel bad saying that. No, oh, it's fine. No, I, just, it's, I did make me think, you thought if they were your parents and you saw, you know, if you saw your mum and dad making an omelette, you'd be like, okay, gross guy, whatever. But if you saw that between your mum and dad, the sexy wiggle as well, that'd be awful. And that's... And I'm saying, I think Hank's decided I'm not a sexual being in films and therefore he did the romantic comedies, you know, that were big hits not long after this, but he was never sort of a sexual, not predator, but like... You just never got that from any of his just performances or films. Bit, he yeah, didn't ever go near that, that danger. That yeah. sexual danger would never be in a Tom Hanks film. No. So it's his fault, not mine. Fair enough. Yes, true. Uh, so uh, yeah, we get the reach around and uh, then he gets info on the case. Now, I can't decide if this line here is because he's sort of immediately switched back into obsessive compulsive work mode or it's actually to say he's still changed where he turns back to her and goes, clean this place up. As he runs out. He does say that. Yeah, that's a strange thing. And, and then he goes, actually, no, don't worry about it. So I'm like, oh, good. So he is changing or work has switched him back into what he was before. And it's only when he's with you, he's kind of relaxed. And actually, you're going to relax him for the rest of your lives if you get married, which you do. Yeah. Interesting. Don't Not really. I don't. I couldn't care less at this point. Yeah. Fair enough. Well, because uh, <laughs> you care more when we have a very, very long stakeout scene that just goes on forever where yeah. he, it's so long. I mean, the stakeout scenes in both movies where the guys are talking to the dogs, neither of them are great, but weirdly, Jim Belushi's is better. I think it's worse. Because if you think about what he's actually saying, he's like, I was was, was peeping on her on a beach Mm. and she did that little thing and she was into it. It's like, but if you actually think about that, you're a paid serving police officer spying on a lady sunbathing. But in the same conversation, he he did go, I did feel like, what are you doing? You're being a pervert. Like, he he acknowledges the wrongness of it. But then he does start talking about how her putting on a chapstick is the most erotic thing he's ever seen. Yeah. Which, you know, is nothing like hanging out at a gun range. You know. <laughs> Loading that Beretta. <laughs> Whoa, you got one in the chamber. We've all got our techniques. Yeah. Uh, and I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> so they realise Boyette is behind it all. Then Hyde turns up. Then we get the twist that we all saw coming where he's like, I'm actually the big villain. And Tom Hanks, thankfully at this point, Turner has worked it out as well because it would be embarrassing if <laughs> they played that like, you what? What? <laughs> um, so he's already like, yeah. And and then he goes, thank God Amos told me at the task. <laughs> thank, thank God I had that chat with Amos. That's why you had to kill him, because he knew everything. Not just because he turned up randomly at the wrong time. <laughs> that man was always watching our ice machine. <laughs> so he, We warned him off, but he wouldn't listen. I searched this factory once. Hoot searched it, rubbish dog. But <laughs> it couldn't, he couldn't smell past your cunning ice. <laughs> So he shoots the ice, the money's all in there, and uh, Hooch is there. There's a really good shot of Hooch stalking the other guy along the gantry. It looks really cool. Um, And then Hooch gets shot, Mm. and you're like, (gasps) and then we go to Dr. Carson, and she's trying to fix him up, and you're like, of course she's going to fix him up. Because that's how this movie definitely yeah. ends. Is that what you thought? Mess. Because when I suggested doing these films about three weeks ago, and I said, all oh, the interesting thing to talk about is the fact that obviously he gets it in Turner and Hooch. You didn't remember. I thought it was K9. I've seen this <laughs> and I thought it was the other way around. <laughs> what is going on? I didn't, I didn't remember the dog dying. And that's what I'm saying. I'm watching it now. I'm like... I looked like a right twat at home. So I was making Mark watch it. We had to do it in two sittings because I was super hungover. <laughs> And I was like, don't worry, in the second sitting, there's a massive twist because I thought K9 got killed. And then, bless him, he was really, he was like, oh, what was the twist then? <laughs> <laughs> and I had to make some shit up. Shut up and buy a pool table <laughs> with the ice. Mark, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, have you ever fired a gun? You should buy one. Um, right. I would say this is the most famous thing about Turner and Hooch. Alex, how did it happen? Uh, so, what? how did what happen? How did they end up with this ending? 
I don't know. You tell me. Oh, I've, I actually don't know. I, I assumed that it was because the K nine had done it the other way. <laughs> well, they they shot it and they tested it and it tested okay. But it was Jeff Katzenberg, the head of the studio, who said, "Should we do a version where he lives just to see how that tests?" And and Spottiswood, who um had obviously come onto this late, he didn't have a huge amount of control over what was happening. It was already in motion, mm. and so he'd just gone along with with what they decided. But he said, "Yeah, let's try it out." So they shot another scene where Hooch doesn't die. And they tested it with two um, audiences at the same time. And apparently the, the, the version where he dies was ever so slightly more popular than the version where he lives. But it was so minimal. Katzenberg said, this makes so little difference. You guys do what you want to do. Get together with the writers and the producers. You go whichever direction you think is the right direction. And Spottiswood said, we spoke to each other and we felt like the real ending was the one where he dies, the one the writers had originally come up with, the one we'd shot originally. And so that's why we end up with this weird ending. But he said it, then when he, he was in England a few months later and he just couldn't believe the reaction of people. People were livid with him. Mm, I am. I just don't understand it. I don't know. I mean, that's interesting. And I didn't I didn't know any of that. So thank you for doing that bit of research on my behalf. But I didn't, I didn't know that. And I don't know what conversations they must have had where they thought this is an effective ending other than probably the writers going, it's so different. We haven't seen that before. Yeah. And like without thinking about the effect it would have on people. I wonder if we like dogs more here in the UK than they do in the US because it's it's an insane ending. And I'll tell you for why, because the weird thing it does, apart from linger on Hooch's face, like he's going to open his eyes mm. and everything's going to be OK. And apart from leading you down that path and then cutting to however long later and They've got married. Dr. Carson and Turner have got married. And she's on the phone. She's like, he's smashing the place up. And it's literally going, oh, okay. Well, that's weird that you didn't show him waking up, but he must have survived. You've done it off screen. Yeah. That's wonderful. And so you're like, oh, we're going to see Hooch again. And then we go back and it's not Hooch. It's a puppy. And it's like the puppy of a dog that's died is not the same as the dog that's died. That's true. But I didn't think there's a non-dog owner. I always wondered. I know people love their dogs and it's a very special relationship. Mm. But I know that when they pass, mm. a lot of dog owners feel guilty about getting another dog because it was such a special relationship. But they do ultimately get another dog, I think. Yeah. No, I agree. I'm not saying he's not allowed to own another dog. Yeah, but to me, died. I was like, oh yeah, that does that. That's you're not being cold. It's just the way dog owners do it. But like I, you just get a replacement and dog. And it's, it's Hooch's kid, isn't it? It is Hooch's kid. It's just that I think the way the film sets it up is like you think it's going to be Hooch, yeah, and then it's not Hooch, and you're supposed to go, but that's fine because it's Hooch's kid, and yeah. that's okay. And it's it's not. You sort of. I think all the attachment that you've built up as the audience, you're like, it's a new character in yeah. the movie. And you're like, I don't know this dog. It might be a shit. I wonder if they kept it because maybe Spottiswood was the first director to realise something that lots of directors have since realised and that there's no one better at crying on screen than Tom Hanks <laughs> and there's no one better at cry talking. Mm. It's oh so God, emotional when he does it. And then I was thinking, I think he does it in Philadelphia, Saving Private Ryan, The Terminal, Big, Castaway, Captain Phillips. I think he does it in News of the World. Like, does there's it so in Forrest Gump when he says, yeah, Forrest Gump. Is he smart? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm saying it. So <laughs> Big, was the year, Big was the year before and he, when he cries in Big when he's lonely. It's like he is just brilliant at that. Mm. So I wonder if they're like, we've captured a little bit of lightning in a bottle Magic, here. yeah. Mm. And then Hooch wakes up and yeah, he stops and crying. Like, That's yeah. great. I'm yeah, totally I don't undermine. That. Don't undermine. I just Tom it, Hanks. it doesn't have the. Uh, I, I, I think you can have Tom Hanks cry, and then I think Hooch should wake up. I re- it really pissed me off this ending. I don't think I don't think it, it, it sits right with the rest of the film. It don't. would have been mad though if that had happened, like you've just described, as in the ending of K Nine. Wouldn't it? It would be mad if they both oh, had yeah, exactly yeah. the same beat. <laughs> Which is why I do think there might be an argument in there for going, we have to do something different. Yeah. Any more for any more? No. No. Right, um, let's do the bits. Vicky, best scene. I like it when Tom Hanks bites the dog. Uh, I didn't know you could wrestle with dogs like that. If you tell me you wrestle with Simon, good luck to you, frankly, because he's bigger than you. <laughs> but um, It's the spindly limbs. He's got quite a reach on him. I bet he does. Mm. So on that theme, my actual favourite scene is that's how you make an omelette. <laughs> the the one without I the dog in it. Of course yeah. the one without the dog in it. 
I love a reach around on film. And there it is. The, sorry, quote marks reach around, not an actual reach around. That's something else. Uh, is it? <laughs> sorry. Do you know how much we've talked about reach arounds on this show that you do not need to explain that it's not that kind of reach around, Chris? Oh, I hope so. We have. I we've, hope so. We've crossed that. You said that you didn't think that Hanks acted too well opposite Hooch, but I think the moment where Turner realises that um, Hooch is playing up because he misses Amos and he's struggling in a new home, um, and then they bond over a towel. I think it's some really good acting from both Tom Hanks and Beasley. And it's sort of the emotional heart of the film, if not the story. So, yeah, I think that's really effective. Uh, my best scene is, you need to check out the ice. <laughs> Remember, that it's when uh, Hooch runs in slow motion. <laughs> that's honestly. Is that because it happens, they play that bit of footage three times in the film. And yeah. then over the credits. Yeah. Yes. Yep, that is that is it. But I like the bit where his jowls flap and his eyes go, devil. And then back down to normal, <laughs> devil. Back down to normal, devil. I like that bit. That's very good. MVW Chris. Again, I'm disagreeing with my colleagues here, but I think um, Beasley has much more personality than Rando. And so I'm going to give it to Hoochie Boy. Okay. I think he's quite a likable dog. And there's a point about an animated film where I was like, I knew what was coming and I, I, was, I nearly said out loud, I really hope something bad doesn't happen to him. Oh, I think you're going to get a dog. Mm. Oh, I'd like to have a dog. Oh, you should get I miss, one. I miss You've Jasper. got a garden, haven't you? It's quite hard work well, having a dog. Well, yeah. Was Jasper your dog? No, it was my ex-girlfriend. Okay. Jealous okay. Golden Retriever. Oh, lovely dog. Beautiful dog. Really nice dogs, yeah. <laughs> Victoria, well, uh, thinking of getting a dog? No, I can't get a dog. Oh, really? Why? Well, I've got three children and a cat and oh. I can't be fucking bothered. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, put the effort in. <laughs> no. Um, my MVW, thanks for asking, Alex, is either the woman whose job it actually is to catch dogs and then says, that dog's nuts, we're going to shoot him. <laughs> Which is a really funny moment, I think. You have one job. But no, it's actually Tom Hanks. Because I don't like the dog, so it's got to be Tom Hanks. Yeah, I'm a bit stuck on this one. Um, I, I sort of wrote down Hooch because, you know... You prefer dogs to people. <laughs> kind of, You yeah. do. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, of the two, he's not my favourite dog, but within mm. the confines of this movie... Of these two dogs, Hooch. I think my favourite dog is Beethoven. <laughs> mm. I've never seen any of the Beethoven movies. Oh, they're really Which, good. considering <laughs> there's so many, I count as an achievement. Yeah. Like, I've never even caught one on Channel 5. That's amazing. Mm. Because I'm pretty sure they had like all of them in license for about 10 years mm -hmm. and just every Sunday mm -hmm. one of them was on. Yeah. Beethoven 1 is really good. Is that called Beethoven's 5th? Or is that the 5th no, one? No, that's the 5th one. Okay, right. But Do you think they took it to 5 just for that for joke? For that, yeah. <laughs> no, because the, the second one was called Beethoven's 2nd. Right. But his 5th is the famous one, right? Yeah, but he also had done a say. It doesn't matter. We're not doing Beethoven. <laughs> We're today. out of our comfort zone. Um, <laughs> so what would you change, Victoria? So I said it before, but I can't think of anything else. So unless Tom Hanks solves this case, he doesn't get his new job. So everything he does, he hates that dog, hates that dog. Because, because of you, dog, I'm far away from the thing I had before you turned up, right? And then with the vet, Emily helping him that takes him further away from her yeah so as they're growing closer he's getting further away from her because she helps him relax and then he makes a he pieces something together in the case after they've had the omelette sex thing he relaxes <laughs> and then he's like yucks don't up. ever say omelette sex again <laughs> I'm sorry like oh, I said shit. I've got a high bar but I wouldn't that's disgusting <laughs> imagine how quickly it would cool what, what are you what, what are you using it for why is it in the bedroom <laughs> Come on. For an easy snack. <laughs> Are you eating and making love at the same time? Uh, yeah, do you not do that? <laughs> no, because I'm not an episode of Seinfeld. Omelette isn't sexy food either. That's, that is true. You don't have um, to chew that much, though. I mean, you can... <laughs> Come on, let's get out of here. Come on. <laughs> Just turn your head away for a second. Bang! I'm back. <laughs> Do they know you're eating, or are you just like, are you just scooping it out of your bedside table? <laughs> Have you got a drawer of omelette? I will not be accused of having no stamina. <laughs> I need that protein. I'm going to keep going. Anyway. Mm. So what I mean is, if you do, keep the dog and solve the case, or your life is over. Not keep the dog and solve the case to prove yourself when you don't have to. That's what I mean. That's the change. Right. Okay. Okay, Chris. I'm guessing we've got the same one. Which is? I mean, I've gave all the reasons why they killed the dog, but 
don't oh, kill don't the dog. Kill it was the, dog. the yeah. it was the wrong decision. And I do like movies. I tend to prefer the films with the sadder ending, but not in this one. This is the wrong movie mm. to have that ending at the end. You put that ending at the end of the Wicker Man or Don't Look Now or Marley and Me. Have Marley and Me. I, I wanted to talk about Marley and Me, but I was worried it would be a spoiler. But I believe that's one where it works. Having mm. that ending, I've never seen it. But um, yes, don't fucking kill. Hooch, you've set him up ripping out a man's neck twice in this film. Have him rip out Craig T. Nelson's neck. That's sure. the ending I That's want. a good point, yeah. Yeah, because also it's, it's a bit dubious how Hanks is going to get out of that because he kills, like, Boyette gets killed with a shotgun, then Hanks takes the shotgun and kills Hyde. And you're like, so everyone's dead and you're holding the shotgun. Yeah. This doesn't look good for you. He's chi- he becomes chief of police because he killed the previous chief of police. <laughs> wow, which yeah. is I'm not sure how that's supposed to happen. Yeah, it's not actually like a feudal or a royal system. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what's your change? Uh, don't kill the fucking dog. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, but also don't have a, a, a film that takes 40 minutes out to become a romantic comedy slash buddy movie with... Absolutely no plot. It's a police story at its heart. It's a case, and you can't take that much time out of a case and expect people to be invested in it. So that's my other answer. Shall we do the verdicts? Yes, let us do the verdicts. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! Alex, I think you should go first, because I'm pretty sure I know which direction you're going in. I am, and you're probably right. So on paper, with the people involved in these two movies... Turner and Hooch should probably be the better film. You got Hanks, you got um, the guy from Beverly Hills Cop. It just feels like there's there's talent in there that should have come up with a better film. Canine is what you want from a buddy cop movie, though. It, it replaces the buddy with a dog. It's LA, it's gunfights, it's roof chases, it's helicopters, it's drugs, it's James Belushi on top form. Turner and Hooch is an unfortunate mix of rom-com buddy movie police case that sidelines the actual police case for too long. Fuck it. I, I like everything about Canine and I don't like a lot about Turner and Hooch. It's Canine. Vicky. All right, so if we're looking at the humans, right, Jim Belushi, the grouchy thing that he does, for me to really charm in that, you've got to be quite sexy with it. It's got to be like mean, but that there's sort of about, you know, about the sort of dangerous, sexy energy. And he just doesn't have that for me personally. Really? No, not at all. Oh, not at all. To me, he strikes me as a man who'd have an omelette in bed. <laughs> that's God, that's true. Wait a minute. Mm. Too many, maybe. Rethink that. Yeah. All right. Okay, leave that with me. Right. That's something for later. Um, but Tom Hanks, this ordered and fussy thing, but because it's Tom Hanks, it is charming, just because it's obviously the, the weight of that like full movie star power so then come back to the dog I just can't cope with Hooch I just flat out can't cope with that dog I never want to see that dog ever again uh, there's too much spit and I was hung over to hell because I watched it after my birthday and so that was just awful for me really awful I watched K9 after your birthday and I still loved it yeah I mean, but then I was I missed the tequilas man yeah I can't believe I missed the tequilas <laughs> I can't I'm embarrassed we'll edit that bit out I can't have that on my record <laughs> um, and I did like Jerry Lee so what it comes down to then is just the tone of the film I do I totally see what you're saying about Turner and Hooch loses the plot of the the, the mystery and the drugs and all the rest of it for too long but K9 to me is too much back and forth like we're in a bar then we're bonding then we're doing this and then we're doing some more bonding and it's up and down and up and down and it gets quite serious with Tracy getting kidnapped and all the rest of it and although the plot takes a back seat in Turner and Hooch what it's replaced with the romance I really liked it which I know is not what is intended it's not supposed to be a rom-com but I think it's cute and I liked it so on that basis Turner and Hooch Just to clarify uh, the week we're doing dog movies <laughs> you're picking the movie that has less dog in it I am, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's specifically because of the scenes that do not feature <laughs> a dog. Yeah. Okie dokie. So it's one for K9, one for Turner and Hooch, Christopher. So I made no bones, and that's supposed to be a joke, um, about the fact that I liked K9 better when I was a kid. It felt the more grown up, the more exciting film. Uh, Turner and Hooch, I found a bit childish. And then watching them now, it's like, well, what are these films trying to do? They're both supposed to be kind of family films. And watching them through that lens, Turner and Hooch feels like a family film that makes much more sense in that genre and I think works much better. And so I was coming in to pick Turner and Hooch, but I've got so annoyed today thinking about that dog dying mm-hmm. and what a bad call it was. Um, I'm actually angry now. And so I'm going to pick Canine because yeah! of it. Oh, that makes me so happy. I really thought that was going to be one of those weeks where I sit here and sulk and being in the pub with you guys is really awful because I'm like, how is it that the movie I loved didn't win? But well done, Chris. I think that is the right call. I think it's the better movie for the reason that you said. You do not kill the dog at the end of Turner and Hooch. 
And you could have had a sequel. You could have had a blooming sequel. Hanks would have buggered off. Mm. But Reginald Ville Johnson could have been. Fine with that. Fine with I that. think I'd rather see him partner with a dog. Sorry. Oh, I don't know if I've made the right decision. You've made the right decision. Okay. It's too late. You can't go back. No changes, no returns. That is the <laughs> winner this week. K9. Congratulations, Jim Belushi and the late, great Jerry Lee. <laughs> Died on the job. Not that job. So... <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long time we can laugh about it now we can't it's very sad so uh, very quickly before we say goodbye uh, we have a live show coming up uh, you still have time it's, to get it's tickets it's in two days is it really so yeah if you haven't Not got a ticket much time. act fast uh, we check, let me just check the train timetable there are trains available if you're coming from out of London. It would be fantastic for you to be there. Tickets are flying off the virtual shelves. Doesn't work. You don't even keep tickets on shelves, but they are. And so we'd love you to come down. We're talking Howard the Duck versus Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, regardless of your opinion of those films. It's going to be a fun show. There's going to be music. Maybe. <laughs> He's still not convinced. There's going to be costumes. If you dress up, you may be in chat. You might get a broken DVD. <laughs> It's not a broken DVD. <laughs> yeah, but it might be. It's a broken Blu-ray. Um, <laughs> so there's that on the cards. That could be you. Uh, come down. <laughs> come down and, and we're going for drinks afterwards. That'll be fun. Right, there you go. That's the big sell uh, on the live show. Tickets are available on the London Podcast Festival website and you can also find out all the details on our Twitter at ClashPod. Right, let's look ahead to next week. Victoria, these are your movies. Yeah. You gave us a clue. Yes. Which you love. Yes. One more time. We do not negotiate with terrorists. All <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Sorry. It is good though, isn't That's it? Great. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that means that you, Alex, are watching Executive Decision. Love it. And Chris, you're watching Air Force One. Yes. yes! <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> oh, good, good. Good choices. I love it. Uh, so that is your homework for next week. Air Force One versus Executive Decision. I don't suppose you uh, had a look at where they were available. Oh, well, I watched Air Force One last night. That was on Amazon. Great. I believe Air Force One's also on Disney+. Plus. It is, yeah. yeah. Executive Decision is also Amazon. Great. Um, maybe some other places, but Great. definitely Amazon. I mean, we, we can stub this bit down. You can just type it into Google and it tells you every streaming service yeah, yeah. they're on. Why are you asking me? Yeah. Because oh, me and Chris do that bit, so I thought... Oh, right, okay. I didn't want to... I never do. Well, I, I do don't. check, but... Yeah, okay. Great stuff. Big ending. Uh, if you haven't <laughs> already, uh, please do subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at ClashPod. See you later. Thanks for listening. If you're coming to the live show, see you there. If not, we'll be back on Monday talking... Talking, talking. Which came out first. Oh, of the films I just said? Yeah. Executive decision. We'll be talking executive decision. Bye-bye. This was a Stack Production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.